This is the Truth Warrior Podcast with your host, David Whitehead. Well, there we are, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Truth Warrior. David Whitehead is in the house. Josh Reed is in the house. We're going to be talking about season 2024 of Earth. <laughs> my God, I didn't know what else to call this show. We always talk about so many things. There's so much going on, Josh. How you been, brother? It's been a while. Doing well, man. I, I appreciate you asking me on. I, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a good show. It's been a while since we talked. Uh, Earth Chronicles still on hiatus there, and this is a, kind of a good wrap up for the year for Earth Chronicles and everything else that we've talked about. And uh, I've been good, man. We're uh, we're rocking and rolling, trying to get this new platform off the ground, decentralized media, trying to to get this rolling, and uh, brought some new shows onto our platform, Red Pill Project, and uh, trying to get the scheduling and all that stuff situated. And then we have what's happening in the world that just keeps on unraveling and unfolding david and i mean if we talked about this shit 20 years ago and said well this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to happen people would be like yeah get out of here you're crazy dude that's not going to happen there's no hidden hand that controls the world they don't put hidden messages in tv shows and movies and tell you what they're going to do before they do it and you know there's there's no such thing as ufos and aliens and all interdimensional you guys are batshit crazy like that's 20 years ago, that's how that conversation would go. But now this is like our normal reality. Yeah. And it's unbelievable to watch. You've been in this for a while. I've been in this for a while. Many of our listeners have been in this for a while. And yes, all of us have our own unique takes. We've all gone down different rabbit holes. Um, but I think we can all admit we're in a damn rabbit hole. That's for sure. We can start there. Uh, and there's definitely so much going on. And the question is, what is it really? What? How does this all tie together? Because here's we've spoken about this so much. This is what we did on Earth Chronicles, and yeah, we're definitely going to be coming back in the new year with that. Um, mm-hmm. How do you put it all together? Because none of these incidents, none of these things, are all happening in some kind of isolated bubble. They are right. all happening at the same time, and we are alive to witness it and try to put all these puzzle pieces together to figure it out. How it all connects? Does it connect? Is it random? Is it planned? Is some things planned? Is other things just taken advantage of by the powers that shouldn't be? But uh, I've been just taking in a lot of information, sitting on the sidelines a little bit, watching the comment threads, seeing where things are at, seeing where people are at. And my God, what do we got? We got all this stuff with, well, we had the Alex Jones, Elon Musk, Twitter discussion, which I think Mm -hmm. was a pretty historic event, to be honest with you. Um, And then you had you know, we've got all this stuff about coming out about COVID and the, and the jabs that's hitting more and more every day. We're seeing more footage of that. There's more people that are seeing through that lie. Um, we've been seeing some legal action start to go in that direction more and more. We see Pfizer stock dropping into the center of the earth or whatever. Uh, we're seeing, you know, more discussions about election fraud. I hear Rudy Giuliani has to pay some fine for, uh, daring to question it. I don't know. And then you've got, what else did I miss? We've got the UAP thing. Uh, Tucker Carlson's been covering that. He's uh, They're covering it on Redacted, which has got over like 2 million followers now. They've just yep. exploded. Uh, they're called the alternative media, yet Tucker Carlson, um, you know, Infowars, shows like yours, all these other shows, they're getting way more hits than the fake news are. So the media is kind of coming undone at the seams. You've got more movement to expose this radicalized agenda to 
um, indoctrinate our children in schools. A lot of parents are getting up in arms, at least here in Canada. That's starting to really hit. Yep. Uh, there's the southern border. There's the mass migration. There's the UN agenda. There's Klaus Schwab coming out and kind of complaining about people wanting to move away from the mainstream. And, you know, it's it's kind of endless. Did I miss anything? There's so many more things. Well, I mean, you have uh, Pizzagate being reborn again that you just talked about with Liz Crokin and yeah. content is coming about of that. Now, kind of not new information, but a lot of rebirth information that has relevance today. Um, you know, we have uh, Biden's connection to overseas crime cartels, whether it's China, Ukraine, Russia. Um, we have the World Economic Forum, the WEF, and their predictive programming with Cyber Polygon, which was discussed in the summer of 2022, as well as this last year, or sorry, 2022, in October 2022, they had catastrophic contagion, which was another global pandemic uh, dealing with um, an adenovirus that affected children and killed mostly children. We just saw kind of a, a glimpse of that with white lung syndrome and what's going on in China. Um, we have these uh, Hollywood at, at their usual, Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime putting out some new videos that are coming massive predictive programming in it. Uh, this goes back to like, if you go uh, to 2015, there was a series, I'm trying to remember the name of it, um, but the series... Um, kind of unravels, but in the beginning, you see people walking around the United States of America and everybody's on the subways and they're all wearing masks. And because there's a pandemic and it's kind of interesting when you look at that, that was 2015. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, you have that. Um, so we have the WEF, we have uh, the IMF and the World Bank. I mean, I mean, I'm the verge of collapse because none of these third world countries want to take loans from them because they're all joining the BRICS nations and they're all changing their economic status and moving towards decentralized blockchain technologies to where it makes them financially independent, their own bank. They no longer become dependent upon the Western global structure. Uh, that's a good thing that has actually happened that many people aren't talking about. Um, I, I mean, there's just so much. And then Joe Biden impeachment, Hunter Biden, his crimes and complicities. Uh, we got the debacle that's happening in the U.S. Congress with uh, the, the switching of the speakers, the holding off of the impeachment till this moment. Uh, to my to my opinion, and I know people disagree with me, I don't care. Um, it, it's the left and the right wing of the same bird. We've been well sold out by Congress for a long time. There's maybe 10, 15 people in Congress that actually care about the American people and their constituents. Uh, the UAP phenomena, which is uh, growing in suppression right now, this is being covered up massively. The National Defense Authorization Act was just reinitiated yesterday. And in there, they took out major provisions, which would have brought massive oversight from Congress into these programs, and they removed them, which shows you that the military-industrial complex is 100% still in control of the disclosure of this information. And why wouldn't they be? We're talking about a $1 trillion a year industry right now with the military-industrial complex. They're getting the wars that's feeding that machine. And for the next 250 years, they control the dissemination of new technology and innovation, which is worth hundreds of trillions, if not more dollars. And so why would they want to give that up to public and make all those patents free for everybody? They don't and they won't and they're not going to and they're going to suppress that as much as possible. And as long as the United States has this process of super PACs and lobbies and you know foreign corporations and governments and private corporations can fund politicians, is that we're never going to see the truth in the end of the day. Um, and so 2023 was a pretty remarkable year because it culminated a lot of what really happened between between 2020 um, and, and present day. 
And it kind of everything started coming to this precipice uh, that you, David, you know, me and you have been talking about this since 2020. I've been talking about the firestorm. Uh, the fire sale, firestorm, however we want to look at it, uh, a series a, a series of events that start to occur, that start to accumulate and get faster and faster and faster that lead to societal collapse, global collapse, economic collapse, World War III. And um, 2023 really 100% validated that whole theory for my audience, myself, uh, just blown away. Because here's the thing. I don't want any of that stuff to happen. I don't want the, you know, the economy to collapse and society to be thrown back into the, the 19th century and all. I don't want that to happen. But when we look at kind of how everything's unraveling, this is where it's going. But on the other hand, we have the, the people of the world waking up. And I was making this observation the other day that we have tons of people who voted for Joe Biden, tons of people who were Democrat leaning now coming out there and saying, I don't like Donald Trump, but I'm going to vote for him because this is just ridiculous. We, we have people out there who are now getting sick because of the vaccine years later. And they're like, this isn't good. They lied to us. Oh my God. I like, I can't vote for that anymore. And people are waking up and now they're rising up. Uh, this whole Israel debacle that just came about this last year. Um, and when I say Israel, I don't mean the Israelites, the Israeli people, the Hebrew people. I'm talking about the state of Israel. I'm talking about the the Balfour Declaration initi uh, initiated in the 19 early 1900s of the Rothschild family and then sanctioned in 1947 and 1948, issuing the state of Israel to basically the banking dynasties of the world under the crown and under Western power. That's what I'm talking about when I say Israel. But th that was a false flag operation that happened. Uh, a few months ago with yeah, all of so. that, we know that 100%. They created Hamas. They want to control that Middle East. They want to destabilize the Middle East. They want to remove Iran and Russia from the drawing board, um, as well as instigate trouble with China. They want to control global trade. This is why you have all of the U.S. carriers in the Persian Gulf and in the Med. Um, and we can get into the Khazari Mafia aspect of that, how that was kicked out of Ukraine. They had to fall back to the, the, the head of that snake had to fall back to Israel. And now there's just this kind of war of the roses situation arising from that. But what I see right now is Donald Trump said three months ago, 2024 is the final battle. I take that man at his word. 2024 is going to be absolutely chaotic as well as the final battle where potentially humanity is, is comes out of the, uh, of the branches of their slavery. I, I, I hope, I pray, I think that we have the possibility of that happening, um, but there's a lot of things that need to happen between now and then. And now we see this new video that's coming out in March called Civil War. It's another trailer that's coming out from the same company that just did Leave the World Behind. Uh, where company, eh? Yep, same company, and it's civil war. And if we go to the globalists, we listen to them and to what they say. Uh, Ray Dalio, uh, Bridgewater Capital CEO, fourteen billion dollar net worth. He's on uh, Larry Fink's board of directors. He's with the WEF. Um, he he's come out and said that in twenty twenty four election is most likely not going to happen. And if it does, you're going to have a civil war because if the Democrats win, the Republicans are going to revolt. If the Republicans win, the Democrats are going to vote. Nobody's going to believe each other, and it's always going to end up in the civil war. And so they're planning on this. They're waiting for this. They're ready for. This this 
And so um, I do believe when Donald Trump says that 2024 is the final battle, I agree with that. And I think that we could potentially see anything from secession of the southern states, Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Missouri, um, and then other states joining in on that, basically uh, sanctioning the union, uh, removing themselves from the federal contract and not recognizing the federal state of Washington, D.C., um, to potentially even just people rising up in militias. Um, and, and going into their state capitals and saying no more, because this is getting to the point where something needs to happen that's drastic, but is large enough to make a point and show the true power of the people. Now, I'm not condoning that or calling for that, but this is just what I believe is going to happen. Wow. Well, that's all, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We got the show all done in 13 minutes. No, that was <laughs> a good summary. So much there. I mean, yeah, the way I'm looking at it is what we've been calling the deep state which is what we used to speak of as the shadow government, the power behind the throne, you know, the round table, you know, powerful Illuminati, secret society networks, whatever you want to call it, something that is not your publicly elected officials is really running the show. I think mm -hmm. even today when we think of our government, people are learning that the government is way bigger than just a few people they plonked in that graduated from Klaus Schwab's little school. Uh, it's much bigger than that. And so I think that every country right now, if we realize what we learned, in, in my opinion, from the pandemic scenario and what we're seeing in so many other areas where all of these countries are starting to see that there's been election fraud for probably decades now. There's been uh, this infiltration of their countries by this these ideologues that are working on behalf of this sort of global deep state apparatus. And when we're seeing the unmasking of that take place in America, in Canada, mm -hmm. in Israel, in Ukraine and like all these places, we're seeing that mask come off the same face, right? That's how I see it is that you have just like there's a deep state in America we've spoken about. There's a deep state, you know, installed near you and that's coming off and people are really starting to realize that they're realizing the media is the mouthpiece for that infrastructure, for those private corporations, investing firms, etc. So that's coming off the pharmaceutical industry is starting to lose their stock value. I mean, this, this whole story about Pfizer, and there's even some interesting data that I'm still kind of researching about how they could just be doing a bait and switch because Pfizer's getting so much bad press that that's why their stock is tumbling and they're just gonna crash that and maybe even bring uh, all those guys into another pharmaceutical company that they're gonna make it look like, oh, this is the new one. So there's that going on um, and then, you, you just have, as you're saying, the people waking up along the way. It's almost mm -hmm. like it really did have to be this way. It really did have to hit us in the chin and be right in front of our face to the point where it's undeniable that uh, we would get to this point. And now as 2024 is coming in, I have the same intuitive feeling something big is about to happen. And I don't know if it's happening before the end of the year. I don't know if it's happening at the start. Some people are thinking February, March, there might be some major um, getting into the cyber attack arena or some major thing is going to be kicking off in terms of a war effort going on. But what do you think about, like, maybe we should start at the deep end and work our way back in sure. the background of all of this, Josh, you mentioned it. We've got these stories about this UAP UFO phenomena that you and I have researched and covered for many years. Um, I've been listening to all the top guys. We had Steve Bassett on, I keep trying to get Dolan. I don't know where the guy, you can't get a hold of him, but I've been listening to his updates and so many other guys as well. 
and just getting different takes on it. And even listen to the people that are like, oh, it's all Project Bluebeam and it's all fake and they're just trying to plan it to get you, you know, they're, the demons. The they're all demons. Yeah, they're all demons. You know, they're all this or that. And I just kind of sit back and I go, well, the only thing left we're really fighting over is semantics at this point. We're really, what we're learning, and this was in, uh, I think I was just listening to Redacted where they had Tucker on and mm -hmm. they were asking him, what are the two stories that scare you the most right now? And he said, number one, it was to do with the elections because he knows that, you know, he's going to probably have to cover that. And he's worried about the ax falling on that. And there's so much being revealed about it. But number two was the UAP thing. And yep. he said, I've been talking to people behind the scenes. Want me to play the clip? Oh, you got the clip? Yeah, I got the clip here. Got it. Let's Give me a second. Because this was interesting. Uh, there it is right there. Yeah, I got the clip. All right. Let's start at the top and work our way down here. All right, so let's bring it in. Go ahead. All right. The second thing that bothers me is the UFO story. And, uh, you know, the more you dig into that and talk to people with knowledge, with actual knowledge of it, again, that's a, another story where there are some, you know, fanciful ideas floating around that are just, you know, there's no evidence that they're true. But if you talk to people who, you know, have actual knowledge of it that they gathered themselves, there are parts of that story that I do not understand at all that are really, really, really dark. It's so dark that I, you know, haven't told my wife about it. I mean, I, I haven't verified any of this, but this is not just stuff that I read on the internet. I know you all are very, very grounded in that story. So I think I know, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. but there's some stuff there that's just like, man, I, I'm not even sure what that means. There's a spiritual component there that I, I don't fully understand. Um, so yes, that story bothers me. And I think last thing I'll say that one of the reasons that we've had all the, these disclosures and all of these, what, 10 whistleblowers at this point, and it hasn't really become front page news. Part of it's suppression. You know, parts of the government don't want you to know about it, but part of it is the public can't deal with it. It's too far out. The implications are too um, profound. And I'm going to stop it there because yeah, I was just going to say that so that right there, it, it goes back to the Rand Corporation's report in the 1960s. I think it was the Rand Corporation, right, that did the report on UFO disclosure. Um, if they were to release this to the public, how would the public reaction be? And there was a classified version, which we never saw, and then the declassified version. Um, it, the Brookings Report. Sorry, the Brookings Report. Brookings. I was going to say, it wasn't Ram, but it was close, yeah. Yeah, it was the Brookings Report. But, but now think about what Tucker just said, and they knew that then. Yeah. Now it good. makes more sense why they've hel held it secret. I mean, there's, there's the money side. There's the control of the technology. But what's Tucker talking about? The dark side. The stuff that he doesn't understand. What do you think this is? Well, I just pull out people like Phil Schneider and uh, some of these other guys who spoke about how the U.S. military, this was his testimony. Okay. And again, we're all just sitting here. We're getting this information. I've seen enough to know there's definitely something to it. And it's way freaking bigger than the average person can imagine. But he said, even after the American Revolution, we're talking back in the 1700s. I, I can't remember what date he gave closer to the 1800s or something. I got to go back and watch the clip, but he said they discovered in some of these caves, um, maybe Arizona or somewhere around there where that they discovered these beings that were underground and it was catacombed and there was a whole situation going on there and that the U S military has known for a long time about this. Mm -hmm. And Again, putting aside the semantics of what we want to call 
this phenomena, what we want to call these beings, people can go to religion, people can go to science, doesn't really matter. We're in the room of the same discussion where there's something either not us or maybe even a cousin to us or something that is, is very clandestine, is very much a part of the situation and the government knows about it. And of course, if the US government knows about it, other governments know about it. And if that kind of thing comes out, that this is known worldwide, that means there's collusion worldwide to keep whatever this is a secret from the general public and has been that way for many decades now. So when Tucker's coming out and saying this, and he's kind of, when they say spiritual, maybe we should start with that because he said it. And then David Grush also mentioned this in some of mm -hmm. his interviews that he, he mentioned a sort of spiritual component, but he was also bringing up physics and some of the different theories that he has on it. And I'm wondering if I asked you, Josh, what do you think that word spiritual is talking about when they're saying this is spiritual in nature? Are we going right into like literal interpretations of ancient scripture here? Or is that just a word that is a placeholder for something that we don't yet understand? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. I, I don't know the context in which C Tucker or David Grush is talking about the word spiritual yeah. um, from people that I've talked to in the know on this topic. And I've kind of been close to that part of it. Um, the spiritual component from what we are understanding deals with our history and religion. And it's not that these things are demonic because that was, it was definitely said that these things are not that, that they are. Um, so th there was a lot of misinterpretation with David Grush. Number one is he talked about interdimensional. And so people immediately said interdimensional beings. What he was right. talking about was the technology operates interdimensionally. Okay. Okay. So in the sense that in order for it to move the way it moves, it is in a different dimension and we are simply observing it in our dimension transitioning. Okay. So that's kind of what he said, interdimensional. And there might even be a component where he is talking about interdimensional beings. We, we know that that is not too far off. The spiritual component from what I've got is that um, parts of our history, which have religious and spiritual context weren't that. And that kind of delves into the, the Anunnaki and all that stuff that maybe that reality is more truthful than it is an, uh, an analogy, right? Or right, a metaphor. Right. Um, well, like those could be names. Like those could be the names given by ancient cultures, experiencing something they could understand, giving it a cultural historical context, giving it a name, giving it a story, right? And trying to make sense of it. And now here we are in the modern age with science and it's more left brain oriented. So we're thinking, how does this all work? Right? All the parts to it. And so we give it a different name. We've even changed the name from UFO to UAP. So we've already in our current time changed the name of the thing that is this mystery, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the spiritual side as well. I mean, there's, there's so many facets of information here, um, but it also goes to conscious evolution that what we're dealing with here are beings that are on a higher plane of conscious existence. They see reality completely different than us. Um, and that brings about certain characteristics and traits within their biological bodies. Um, as well, if you go into Stephen Greer and I, I'm not, um, I'm about 50, 50 with Dr. Stephen Greer Same. in the sense of his information. Um, but 
he talked about this. Uh, Dr. David Adair has talked about this is that these craft, a lot of these craft are controlled consciously as in there is a psychic connection, either whether it's technological or spiritual, that there is this connection made between the craft and the operator and that the mind is what allows it to traverse space. And I tend to align with that. Um, I think that even uh, um, uh, Alex Collier's talked about this a little bit. He actually talked about it in the sense of channeling when he's talking about how these anal aliens would channel people and stuff like that. He goes, this isn't spiritual at all, people. This is them tuning into your DNA and broadcasting a message just like it was a TV or a radio. Um, and it's technology that they're utilizing. It's just conscious technology. It's biological technology. And so I, I think that in the spiritual context, I think a lot of that stuff comes into the reality of what they're talking about. And, you know, it, the spiritual side of things, this is just crazy to me because if you look at the massive amount of information that's coming out right now pertaining to consciousness, the soul, we probably have more people open and honest and talking about their own spirituality um, than probably ever before in written history that we can remember. Uh, it, it's phenomenal what's happening out there. You have a coalescing of minds out there discussing various different topics on uh, how the mind works and consciousness. And science is even looking into the integration of all of that. And, you know, they see that there's this technological component that we have to get through before we get there. And uh, a lot of us say, no, there's actually not. It, it's kind of the inverse is that, but then you have the birth of AI. And I think that, I think AI, the UAP phenomena, the alternative history, the deep state cabal global reset is all one thing that we have yet to fully understand. And I think that it's all integrated together. And it's kind of what David, uh, David Ike, when we talked to him, was talking about with the web, the web of control, is that all of those things are basically various different points popping up from the ocean of something much larger that we don't understand that have been kept secret and occulted from us for a very long time that are now coming into the surface of whether well, technological innovation, corruption, um, that these globalists, these people who are in that weapon control, they see the truth coming out and they can't hide it. So what they're doing is they're saying, hey, we, we got to eliminate all these people that know the truth because they're going to kill us. And we don't want to die. And so let's uh, let's let's get some some events happening here. And this is why we're seeing the cyber attacks and the threat of EMPs. But then on also on the other side is the conscious side of that. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that our thoughts create our reality in a certain context. I believe that there's a collective consciousness. And as that collective consciousness operates together, it has um, effects on our environment around us. And so if you have 8 billion people on a planet all thinking doom and gloom, then certain interactions and reactions will occur from the solar system in the universe around us. I think a great example of this is in 2012, when we had two mass coronal mass ejections happened from the sun in July of 2012. These coronal mass ejections would have destroyed this, uh, destroyed all technological uh, uh, systems on this planet. It would have knocked us back 500, 600 years, and it would have killed 85% of the population because of that. Now, 
the U.S. government and other governments around the world classified this. They classified it. They didn't tell people that these solar flares were coming. Not only that is they didn't declassify the information until 2014. Okay. The problem with what happened is, is that these massive solar flares, by the way, spanning millions and millions of miles and would engulf the earth, but were deflected in front of the earth. Another one passed right between the moon and the earth. And they said in this report, they don't know why it missed us. Okay. But here's the thing is, was it the conscious mind of humanity for 15, 20 years being built up with 2012, the end of the world, the end of times, the end of the ages that consciously produced that action and then maybe even stopped it? We, we cannot put that to the side and say no. And so with what we see happening right now, the predicted programming, the sun, we're moving into a new solar cycle. Um, we had two earthquakes last week. We had an eight, a 7.6 earthquake off the coast of Philippines and then another one the next day. We had one off the coast of Japan. I came out of my show and I said, you are going to see a massive coronal mass ejection within the next seven days to two weeks. Just happened yesterday. The largest coronal mass ejection um, recorded uh, in this solar cycle. Last one was in 2016. Right. And that one didn't hit the planet. This one actually hit the planet. Now, how did I know that? Because I watched the patterns. I see the patterns as they unfold. But what's producing that volatility within the sun? Well, there's other cycles that are occurring. We have the heliopause. We have the magnetic conditions that produced by the solar system, the sun, and the that produced the heliopause. We have uh, various densities of gas and ionization patterns that we're moving through within the solar system of cosmic ray bombardment. For the first time ever, just uh, a few months ago, or about a month ago, in Utah, a cosmic particle more powerful than ever measured before in the history fell to the ground and hit someplace in Utah, one of the deflectors. They've never seen anything like that. And I said, that's your warning because we are moving through this high density field of the galaxy. And I know it sounds woo woo, but it's not, it, it's, it's literal. I mean, we can just think about it in the context of how our galaxy and our solar system operates. It makes complete sense. And so that affects our sun and our sun affects the planet and that a planet affects consciousness. And so as we have an increase of energy, as we move through that in the galactic level, it increases the energy in the solar system. It increases the energy on the planet, increases the level in consciousness. And consciousness has the ability during these times to evolve and to grow. And this is the point that we're moving into. And this is what scares the living shit out of these globalists, out of these Kabbalists, because like you have said before, and I've agreed with you, is that they are sociopaths. They lack that spiritual connection. So here's the thing is if they lack that spiritual acuity, if they don't have that connectedness to nature, then they're left behind. And that's why they seek the technological route to bring about that level of enlightenment and immortality where you and I, we have the spiritual connection to where that can happen, where that can grow and evolve within ourselves. And they don't want that because they want to be in the place of gods, or maybe they are the aliens. Maybe they are the AI. I don't know. I don't really know what that, what the weaver of the web is, but it's something. And I think that there is, it's multifaceted. I think that there's people on the planet that have massive amounts of control. And these people are completely disconnected from anything that is spiritually sourced. Um, then I think that there's an echelon above that, kind of what David Icke said, that is either interdimensional, artificial intelligence, or extraterrestrial. And I think that, that whatever that is, doesn't look at us like equal to them. 
it looks at us more like the bears and the deer and, and the animals in the forest. Even though we have technology and stuff like that, it doesn't give a shit about us. It's Jupiter ascending in a sense. And then above them, I guarantee you there's something else greater. But on this planet right now, there's massive amounts of influence and every single level of that structure is scared the shit of you, me, and everybody else waking up and coming into the power that we have. And that is the power of us united in a single action to regain our freedom. Wow, really well said. I mean, a good little summary to kind of spin off here. And again, you know, for everybody listening, we're just kind of going through our analysis of this and give us your thoughts in the chat. But I was thinking of a few points there. Number one, the confusion we have over this word spirit. And the reason I'm picking on this is because every time I try to have this conversation, I'm going to be talking to a variety of different kinds of people. You're talking to that atheist, scientifically minded person. Mm -hmm. You're going to use different words to maybe describe what we're talking about to get them interested in it. Right. Then you speak to someone from the religious camp. Yeah. You can pull out the religious language, the word spirit in that context. Well, yeah, spiritual, whatever. You can, you know, it, but in the end, I come back to that great quote by Schelling that we've talked about before, and it's relevant to this because he said what spirit is. He was one of the great idealist German idealist philosophers. Um, and he said spirit is visible nature and nature is invisible spirit or vice mm. versa, right? It's a, it's a, it's a spectrum. So maybe the reason why we've had such an issue of even trying to get an image in our mind of what we're talking about here when we say spiritual or interdimensional or otherworldly is because of our misunderstanding of words and where they come in and we get into semantics and then we compartmentalize it and instead of looking at spirit as separate from the physical dimension we talk about it like that what if we looked at it as a continuum it's a continuation it's another side of the same coin it's another end of the spectrum. It's not separate and outside. It's all interchangeable, right? And the reason I bring this up is because when people get into the argument, are the, the real beings behind this or whatever intelligence is behind this, are they separate in a separate realm of us from us? Mm. Or are they able to maybe just have access to more of the map than us, right? And I look at it in the sense, well, you think phenomenologically, you think about yourself as a human being, I would argue you are multidimensional. If we want to use that word, you have multiple aspects that make you unique and make you alive. You have an organic, physical, limited body that has a finite life, but then you have this thing called consciousness that is a mystery and still not quite solved by science. Right. And we think of those realms as separate yet here we are exhibiting both at the same time so if i have the ability to possess what we call spirit which if you look at you know just go look at etymological dictionaries and your mind will be blown you know i'm not going to read it all to you but it's essentially talking about you know the breath of life right breath they call it breath and spiritus from latin is speaking about light light and breath have come together mm -hmm. this is how the old the ancients conceived it light and breath came together to create this thing called spirit, which is what inhabits your physical vessel, which is what we call you, right? That's expressed through the physical body. So if you have those dimensions and there's others in this universe or multiverse, 
they would also have those dimensions, but perhaps they have either knowledge or some kind of genetic access or superior technology that allows them to surf that wave at a greater arc. They're able to go further into that. They're able to traverse that, which is what you were hinting at there when David Grush was speaking about uh, or interdimensional or whatever, when you talk about the travel that's done, right? So I mm -hmm. guess what I'm trying to do is unify these camps that are fighting against each other about this question, yet we don't need to fight each other. If you come from a purely religious perspective, you're welcome here because we're having the same conversation about the same basic structure. It's just that we might use different words and maybe a different way of conceptualizing it. If you come from, you know, a more atheist perspective, we don't believe in any of that stuff. You're still going to look at this from the scientific angle and try to get the math and the physics and the quantum physics to line up so you can explain this phenomena. But then there's what we just don't know. That's the thing. And then the second point I had was the reason why, and this is what I've thought about, what's the real reason why they have not told us what they know about it? And I think that's what we're getting a hint on is that someone knows something about this that the rest of the human race doesn't. That's mm -hmm. my feeling. And that's my feeling from like behind the scenes conversations, researching this for over 20 years, thinking about this deeply. The best I can do is go, there's what we think we know. There's what we've been bred to know. There's what we've been raised to know. There's what we've been taught since being children. There's what we clung to in times of stress or whatever in our lives to go, that explains everything. I just need a simple explanation. There's those things. And then there's what's outside of our ability to know at this time. Hmm. But there are people that are on this planet that I believe know something more. And that's held behind layers and layers of classified secrecy. And I'm just curious to know what is known, what, and why won't they let the rest of the world know about this? Like why, if, if, if let's say what David Grush is saying is true, let's say he's a legitimate whistleblower that's just coming out and trying to share what he feels to be the truth. And let's put him with, I could give you countless names going all the way back to the 1970s or even before that have talked about this. If they come out and they're saying, look, it's known behind the walls of secrecy and government what this is, or at least to a certain level, they're probably compartmentalized too, but they will never share it. They've always said it. They will never tell you what it is. And I was like, why? What's the big deal? Isn't this the next great discovery? Where are all the journalists out there wanting to get the Pulitzer Prize to be the first one to spill the beans on this? Why is it so ridiculed? Josh, why can't we even have this conversation with people from most of the camps that are on this planet, whether you're religious or atheist or scientific, it's the most laughed at, ridiculed subject. What if that there's a psychological masking that's happening because deep down, maybe we don't want to know. And then what are the implications of what it is? You know, these are the kind of things I think about. So James Fox, the UFO investigator, uh, he did the Verhenja uh, Brazil incident and tons of other documentaries. Have you ever um, interviewed him? Did you ever get to? Interview I have not. I got his. I got his phone number. Um, Let's get that guy. I know. We'll. I'll get him on. I'll get Let's him get on. Everybody. We'll, yeah. Um, he was on a podcast, and I was looking for the clip. It's eight minutes long. I don't want to play the whole thing. Um, but he's talking about meeting um the billionaire. Who who's the billionaire um uh, in Utah, Nevada? Um, oh, Bob uh, Bigelow. Bob Bigelow. Bigelow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Bigelow. Bigelow. He, he's talking about how he did this documentary. Bigelow ends up, uh, he ends up reaching out to Bigelow. Bigelow invites him out to dinner. They have a talk and Bigelow wants him to kind of do some stuff. Now, for everybody out there, Bob Bigelow is 
really connected to the DOD, DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency. Um, and he runs an aerospace company he built in the 90s so that he could get into the truth of UFOs and aliens. He was actually one of the people that used to accompany Bob Lazar in the 1980s to the S-4 area to watch the spaceship. Um, and nobody really knew who he was at that time. Um, so he became fascinated with this topic. Um, but he told James Fox that um, the truth of the matter is not for everybody, that a lot of people aren't going to be able to accept the truth, um, that there's a very scary part of it. And there's other parts of it that um, are, are very kind of awakening. And he says, um, the one thing is, is that they walk among us is that they already walk among us. And this wasn't at like they're hiding in tunnels or in secret bases. They are right here. They are right here among us right now. And what that means for everybody out there, and this kind of extrapolates into a little bit more of what's being told here, is they look just like us. And if they look just like us. I'm going to look for a clip. Keep going. If they look just like us, that means most likely they are us. And there's a historical component here, which I've seen um, and heard about, that the history of who we are isn't necessarily what we believe. And that we might have been stranded here. We might have been imprisoned here, our ancestors. We might have been living here and got invaded or taken over or something happened. Um, or the truth is much stranger. But I think that the great revelation that they can't release to the world um, affects not only our historical context, but also our religious, our spiritual context, and all of everything that we've latched onto about our existence. But here's one thing quick, Josh, because I love where you're going with this. Yeah. I think about this as well. Um, I've probably got every UFO book ever written on my shelf. I've interviewed everybody. I know the subject. I know what's what we know in the public arena already. And you do as well. We've had this conversation many times and I've yeah. asked all of them, you know, I mean, I went camping with Richard Dolan for three weeks across Canada for crying out loud. We had many talks. I've spoken with Paul Hellier, former Def minister of defense in Canada. Uh, may he rest in peace. You know, I had many private yeah. conversations with him. I've spoken to former intelligence military. I've spoken to people very credible people that have had in just mind blowing experiences that they would never share publicly because it just, it traumatized them too much. Um, and I just put it all together and I think, you know, what is it that they don't want us to know? Is it because it's not just because it's going to throw society into a tailspin because it's going to challenge everything we think we know in both science and religion. Okay. It's not just that because they don't mind throwing stuff out there all the time to challenge those domains, right? So it can't just be that unless the implications are just so crazy for humanity to chomp down on that it's just too big. Or is that just a belief that the people holding it have? Or is it really, is this whole process really controlled by us, the earth version of this, the earth humans, right? And when you're saying, what if they're us? What if they're us, not us specifically, but what if what we are is not only isolated here on earth? What if what we are continues 
in variety of different, like look at the variety of life on our very planet. Again, I go phenomenological discussion here. Look at the diversity of life we're finding in the oceans. We're finding shit down there that looks more alien than any alien movie you've ever seen. And it's just floating around the ocean. Been here since how long, right? Look at the diversity of plant life, the flora and fauna, animal life, human life. Look at you know everything. If that process has is continuing as an expression throughout the entire universe, then why would that knowledge be so crazy for them to release to us? Wouldn't that be the pinnacle discovery? Wouldn't that answer all it the would. riddles? Wouldn't that help bring unity to the world to go, oh, we don't have to battle about religion and science and all that stuff anymore. We can bring it all together and actually try to figure out the truth of it, right? So to me, I'm wondering if these deep state humans that are involved in this to blockade that and classified under a gazillion layers of secrecy, they're under orders from whatever that is. Hmm. Like that's, that's one way I've always kind of thought of it because otherwise, why wouldn't we want to talk about this? Are they really just concerned about the collapse of civilization or is it something else? So I, I think it goes into predictive programming as well. So there, there's two shows that have aired on television that, I think that are pertinent to bring in here. Um, one is the Stargate series, the original Stargate series, not the movie, the show. Um, and this really brings the context of kind of what you're saying. Um, firstly, in the show, it's different from the movie. They changed a whole bunch of parts to the show than they did the movie. It was done by Sci-Fi Channel and it actually had a grant from the U.S. Air Force and allowed permission from the U.S. Air Force to use Cheyenne Mountain, correct uniforms and all this type of stuff. Um, but basically, kind of what they determined in that is that um, it's not necessarily the revelations that there's life outside of our planet that is what is being kept secret. It's the dangers of that life to this planet, as well as this planet to that life. Right. So, hmm. and I, I'll extrapolate on that because there's another another show I want to get into that kind of maybe goes into the more of the conspiracy. I just want to write that down so I don't forget that one. Um, and I've but, heard of this. I, I think I know where you're going. This is an interesting take. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it, it, it's like this is that number one is if, if we know that there is, you know, extraterrestrials that have advanced technology and not only are they visiting this planet, they're in orbit around our planet right now. Like the Men in Black stuff, right? The, the movie Men in Black where you have an Acrylian destroyer that's sitting outside the planet ready to destroy Earth if you don't hand over the galaxy, right? Like human beings on their everyday basis don't need to worry about that stuff and don't need to have that on their mind, right? Like a solar flare coming from the sun that's going to wipe out all, all life on the planet. The government's are like, don't tell anybody because that's just going to cause chaos. It's going to cause panic. You know, you and I would be able to handle that information. This audience would be able to handle that information. There's billions of people on this planet that wouldn't, that would panic. That would be in scare. That, that, that would be in fear. They would do things that they wouldn't normally do. They would act highly irrational. They would, you know, it, it would destroy fundamental basis of, of, of religions. Okay. So well, look, look, that, what a, look what, look what, look what, like the scare of a virus did to the whole world. Like just look exactly. at what that alone, it created permanent PTSD and People still wear masks alone in their car today. It's just, I, I mean, shits, you know, calling someone ugly is producing PTSD these days. Yeah. I mean, if you told them that they're, 
you know, they're some type of monkey hybrid produced by some, you know, advanced alien race. Who knows what the hell's going to happen? But I, so there's that component of how that information affects this planet. But then if we know this, then people are going to expect the technology to progress because, okay, well, you guys have known about all this stuff up there and you reverse engineered it. Let's, let's get on with the technology and the technology starts to come out. And then you have people building their own spacecraft. You can't control that. Then you have people traveling to other planets. Like I always go back to the South Park, the South Park episode where the Mormons build the spacecraft and they go to some alien planet and they land and they're like, um, do you know about Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And it's not, I'm not picking on Christians out there, but it's just, what happens when you do that to the wrong planet, the wrong form of life, who takes that as an act of war and then they come back here and it affects this planet, right? Or that you get various different atheists or ideologists who affect certain flows within the solar system or the galaxy. We don't know what's going on out there. I think the whole flat earth um, psyop that's occurring right now is because they want people to believe that earth is the center of this this galaxy this universe they don't want you to look up at the space because they want you to believe it's fake because what's going on up there is anything but and it's just like the dude a few years back who took the night vision adaption onto his camera and he starts filming objects in orbit that look like you know uh star wars cruisers you know em empirical cruisers that are in orbit around our planet and are massive in size that stuff, I believe, is absolutely happening, absolutely real. I got video footage of things coming. I, Dave, two years ago in my backyard in Colorado, I'm sitting out there and I got my laser pointer and I'm just playing around my laser pointer. And it was cl crystal clear night. It was in the middle of December. And I'm seeing these objects kind of go around and, you know, everybody's like, those are satellites. I'm like, satellites don't do 90 degree turns, dude, okay? But I'm sitting there and I'm like, going like this and I'm hitting my, my thing, my laser. And all of a sudden this flash of light looked like a meteor. It goes, boom, boom, stops right where my light was. And then it starts going slow. And I'm like, Whoa. And I'm filming it. I'm filming. I got, the, it was on my TikTok before I got deleted. I got it on uh, my, my other computer. All of a sudden, another one, boom, another one, ba boom, another one, ba boom, seven of them total all did that. What the hell was that? That's not a satellite. That's not an aircraft. Okay, that's a spacecraft. That is something moving at a high rate of speed, stopping on a fucking dime, and then slowly moving away. And not only did they move away, but they dissipated. So they would move, and it looked like they stop, and the light gets dim. What that actually is is that's not them stopping and going dim. That's them doing a ninety degree turn away from the Earth. So they're moving away from the Earth to where the light dissipates. Okay, so I mean, I've witnessed that myself. I see that all the time if I go outside. I've filmed it. There's shit happening out. You've had, you've had footage. You you've spoken many times with me about the experiences you had in the Navy, the seeing the craft yeah. go into the ocean and out of Submerge the ocean, into the ocean and, and, yeah. and move down that we chased it with a helicopter. Um, so there's stuff that is happening out there that they don't want people to look at. If they can fool people with flat earth, they'll absolutely do it because they, this is, it doesn't mean that it's hostile or maybe they just believe that humanity is not ready for it. Or maybe it's just too volatile of a point in the evolution of humanity to bring that stuff in there. Maybe it's being directed by them, but then you got the X-Files version mm. of the situation. Right. And if you remember in X-Files, you had the smoking man in the, the 2012 episode where he was in the mountain and he's in the cave and he's waiting for Armageddon to happen. And he's smoking the cig cigarette and he's talking to Fox Mulder and he, spills the beans 
He says, you know, 60 years ago, we were approached by an alien species. And in exchange for technology, we allowed them to come onto our planet and do abductions and do experimentation. Um, we began to realize that they were actually trying to invade our planet and take over our planet um, and that they had a virus, a very, very old and ancient virus on this planet that they were going to release and kill off humanity. And so what we did is we tried to develop a vaccine. Because as much as, you know, we were selling out humanity for this technology, we didn't want to destroy the planet and we developed a vaccine. And unfortunately, the vaccine didn't work, instead hurted people and killed people. And now it's all culminating. And, and, and that was in 2008, I believe, when that ep, 2000, oh, it was probably 2010, 2012. Is it the newer one? The newer X-Files? Yeah, it's the, well, no, I've it's not the, the newer clip. one. I'll get the it's, clip while you're talking. I've got the clip, but yeah. keep going. Yeah, but he's talking about something of that nature where he's a smoky man 2012 and he lays it all out. So what we begin to see there is that maybe, and, and I don't think that this is an ego thing with the globalists. I don't think that they're afraid of the fact that they sold humanity out. Okay, I don't think it is that they're just trying to protect themselves and all this shit. I, I don't think it's that at all. I think that at some level that what's out there and what's happening is um, incredibly hard to accept for a lot of people. Uh, going back to Phil Schneider, going back to what Tucker Carlson said. There is a human trafficking component to this that I believe is going on. And from what I've heard uh, from sources have said that this is actually happening, that the millions of children that go missing on this planet each year aren't going to, you know, cages and getting locked up or being put in sex trafficking rings, that they some of them are actually being shipped off planet into slavery rings into um, as food or whatever. And I think that that is the one component of this, that in 1952 with President Eisenhower, a deal was struck with a certain alien species, we believe from the Orion constellation. And that they were allowed to do experimentation. <coughs> Excuse me. They were allowed to do experimentation and abductions on this planet. That got out of hand, and they were so technologically advanced, we couldn't do anything about it. That turned into um, the 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 human trafficking aspect of it, of the taking of the children. And ever since then, we've been reverse engineering the technology to try to get an upper edge on them, and it just hasn't been able to happen. And I think that, that until we have that upper technological edge or we meet another alien species that gives us that upper technological edge, that that won't happen. Um, and that's why they can't really release this because there's a threat and danger to all of humanity when that information does come out. Um, and then in that sense of that technological edge, this is why I think that Hami Hashem talked about Donald Trump, the former director of Israeli Space Forces, talked about Donald Trump meeting with the Galactic Federation, which, by the way, for everybody out there, that happened, Donald Trump's meeting with the Galactic Federation or in and around that time, was when he supposedly had COVID. If we, everybody remembers the videos of Donald Trump coming out and he was in that room and realized that's not Walter Reed. And he was isolated and he wasn't like there was limited connectivity to Donald Trump. He was actually meeting with them at that point in time from what I understand. Now, what he was trying to do maybe is say, hey, look, we got this enemy that's infiltrated our planet. They're from some other continent. And they're like, we can't help you. We cannot interfere. And I think that that's kind of the situation that might be playing out. And I think that that's a hard pill to accept for a lot of people. And I think that that if that truth came out, I don't think people will be able to really fully grasp that. Yeah. Yeah. Lots to bite down on there. And I mean, again, we're, we're trying to think of what fits, like what are the things that we do know that fit 
the information we've got now and that can help explain all of this and it's important to speculate on this like you know we can't this is what we don't know that's why it's a mystery but while you're talking it made me think of this clip i'm going to play it real quick comes from bob dean let's get his take on this because he had something some interesting things to say this is from the classic um oh hold on a sec this is from the classic interview that he did with Kerry Cassidy on Project Camelot. Um, let me just make sure you guys are seeing that okay. It's up. Okay, let's do it. It's just like a minute. Are you playing the clip? We can't see it. Oh, we got nice. we got nothing. Yeah, no, oh, I can hear it, but I can all I can only see your telegram. Why isn't it coming up? Oh, that's weird. Okay, give me a sec. Give me a sec. Let's do this. We'll do full. I thought screen. you were looking for it. Yeah, it's okay. We'll do full screen. Um, I don't know why it wouldn't play that like that. Okay, let me see if I do. If I do it like this. Sorry, guys. There's the one. Can you hear that? No, we can't even hear it. I can't. You can't. Oh, interesting. Nope. Okay. Technical difficulties, whatever. Anyways, well, here's what he said. He said he's interview he's being interviewed about the Anunnaki. Okay. Yep. He was talking about it as though this was just the name given to these beings. I, I find it funny that people think that the Anunnaki is an actual the actual name of an actual race when it's just talking about, you know, heavenly beings or whatever in general, but he's having this interview about it. And he's saying, whatever this is, they own this place. And he's yep. basically saying Charles Fort was right when he was saying we're property, but he was saying we're only property until we get to a certain point in our technological development and our understanding of reality. And that we actually mm. make the conscious choice to break away because there's other forces at work in the universe other groups that manage that process or something like that. And it, it gets really out there, but you start to think as out there as some of these theories sound, what explains the level of security on this? It's gotta be pretty damn big. What do you think yeah. they're really hiding under that level of security and classification? Do you think they're just hiding the fact that they recovered a UFO in 1947 and that's the end of it? Like, do you think that's really the end of the story or is that, level of classification that's been sustained for decades, if not centuries, if we really take it back. If this secret has been known to certain ones upon this earth, as Charles Ford said, um, it must be pretty damn big. It must be something that has implications for everything about what it is to be human, where we are, what's really going on, who really runs this place, what our function is on it. And when you started talking there, you're, you're hinting at how all these guys like Grush and, and even Tucker was saying this and some of these other people, and I've heard the same refrain from many, many other people before them. I, I love how the, in a way the, the, now that they're talking about it, it's not like they're the ones that have the inside knowledge. We've already known about this stuff well before they knew about it, 
but they're saying, well, I don't even tell my family about how dark this is. I don't tell the dark stuff that I've been told. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we kind of already know. <laughs> we already got a, got an incl inclination. I am wondering though, is it, do you think that when people like that are saying there's something dark to this that they don't even want to tell their kids or they tell their family, is it even bigger than the whole, I don't know, adrenochrome industry or whatever this is, or the fact that there's a predatory species here or something like that. Like, is it, or, or like, what do you think they're meaning about this, the dark side of this subject that they don't want to tell anybody about? Jupiter ascending. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I think quite something honestly like is that, that, that the, the, that those movies like that, like Jupiter ascending was telling the truth that earth is owned. the matrix. Yeah. The matrix that there is a highly advanced technological civilization that oversees this planet and um, they control, they take from it, they do what they want with it. Um, but I also think that what Bob Dean was saying is that once we get to a certain point of evolution, then that all changes. And just like on this planet, if we were on this planet, we discovered a species on this planet that was communicating and developing technology and they, they were able to create fire and the wheel and they were using carts and stuff like that. How would we recognize them? Would we still, and let's say they were a hunted species. Would we still hunt them as, as civilized beings? I don't think we would. I think we recognize them and, and really kind of help them grow because they've reached that point in their evolution to where we can actually, they can understand the nature of life, right? And that we can grasp them and take them and help them grow and expand as a culture and civilization. Um, and I think that that may be what is actually happening here. And I think that we're at that point, actually. And I think that that's the interesting part. I think that this is why there's this, um, as Dr. Michael Sala was saying, this exopolitical dynamic that's at work is because we are at that point but yet we aren't culturally and socially. We are at that or point technologically. technologically. Yeah. Well, I think we are there technologically, but that's held within the hands of a few. And the understanding of that technology is being slowly disseminated over time. Just leaked out a little bit. Like I think that AI technology, that's not ours. That, that is absolutely not ours. This technology right here, this ain't ours, okay? This is all from reverse engineering. The AI technology, I would say it's from reverse engineering or it's just copied, replicated from what we got, okay? And that um, the next thing after AI is going to come massive advancements in science, specifically propulsion, material science, and, and other types of things. And the reason that happens is because the processing power of this planet is going to increase exponentially. I mean, IBM just created a functional, a multi-qubit quantum computer that operates without a supercomputer interface. Like, I don't think people realize how massive that is. So take that back to 1942 and John von Neumann going out there and creating a uh, the first computer that could compute uh, launch codes for V2 missiles. Okay, um, in a a thousand square foot um, laboratory, that that's what IBM just did. Okay, they just created that. And by the way, 1942. Now you go into 1970 and you get the first personal computer. And so 30 years later, you're going to have the first quantum personal computer. 
Okay, Star Trek, please calculate this, create this, is not too far off now in the future because the advancements that are going to come about because of artificial intelligence, if it's used correctly and rightly and regulated and people have a say in this evolution of it, um, is going to advance our civil civilization exponentially. And so I think that this is one of the milestones that they wanted to reach. They wanted to get a functional um, um, AG, AGI, and they wanted to help allow this to be the mechanism to expand our, um, our technological scope and our understanding of it, because we have the capacity to understand much, much more than we know right now. And that if we had something that was doing the mathematical calculations and formulas and building the, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, and building the schematic designs of new propulsion systems and trying to understand the foundational layers of gravity, we could easily extrapolate that and begin to understand it and then incorporate it within our society and within our technology and within our scientific, um, um, our scientific uh, academia, right? And so I think that in the next 10 years, um, if we don't have a collapsed society, that we are going to see massive technological innovation, that we are going to um, have exponential technological innovation. I honestly believe that right now humanity has two doorways that they can go through. Number one is that the 2024 battle, final battle that Donald Trump talks about um, is lost. And when that happens, you're going to see the Great Reset. Shit's going to be set backwards. Um, as Yuval Noah Harari said, is that we elites have a technological arc because we don't trust you. And you guys are just plebes. And we're going to sit in our technological arc as the world burns. And then we'll come back and we'll be the gods and we'll rebuild it. This is what Yuval Noah Harari says. So that's their agenda there. Okay. And on the other side is that that system gets destroyed. And a new system arises up from it. But it does so kind of clandestinely, right? That it's not like it's this one silently falls away while this one rises up. And I think that this is kind of what the BRICS nations are where, you know, countries retain their individual sovereignty, but still work together for progression. And I think this is what Elon Musk is aligned with. This is definitely what Donald Trump's aligned with. Um, and that as that happens, we enter into a new golden age, new technological error era. And between 2025 and 2050 is just mass exponential technological innovation to the things that we can't even conceive or comprehend right now. And most likely the introduction of extraterrestrials and all that type of stuff to where we make that leap that Bob Dean was talking about to where we are that civilization that is consciously under um, ready to accept that reality. Yeah, it's interesting. And maybe that's the other reason is they just uh, they don't truly believe that in mass, the human race is ready for that yet. This is what well, I don't think they are. Think I'll be the people, right. The people are. that want to keep this under wraps, right, is they're saying it's not just that some of this information is absolutely terrifying for the average person. Not only does it take apart a lot of things that we think we know, um, which can undermine our entire civilization when that that pill drops. But it's because we're not yet evolved on a consciousness level yet. This is what I meant by psychology. Psychologically, where are humans at? And when you look at it, I've just been sitting here going, see, when I started out with this, I was always that mm -hmm. sort of naive guy that was like, hey, I want to know. I, I don't care if there's some bad things that I got to hear about learning about the truth of this. But I just am so curious. I think we should know. And I believe humanity has a right to know. And like, And I still do. 
But then I sit back and I watch the way people react when I bring this subject up. And I try to talk to them very you know, nuts and bolts, you know, common sense about it. They don't want it, the weaseling around it. It blows me away. And I'm like, oh, people don't want to know this. Like a lot of people do. Okay. Maybe people watching the show do. I don't know. But you get so many psychological defenses up about it that maybe they know something that we don't know in terms of where we're at in our consciousness evolution, in our psychological evolution, that it literally would shatter our mind unless we got it in a drip drip format over a period of decades or even generations to the point where now, like, I feel like our generation, Josh, is probably more open to this than our parents' generation was. And they were more open to it than the previous. My kids seem to be just whizzes with technology to a level I can't believe when they're just, you know, they've just seen it yesterday and they're mm -hmm. open to so many more things than probably even I, like there's just layers and you start to wonder maybe that's it is it's a timing thing as well, you know? Well, I, yeah. And I think that that is a big part of it. And maybe what we're seeing is that there's that component of it where there's a slow drip dissemination leading humanity into that through predictive programming, through, uh, you know, subliminal programming, through cultural and, and social shifts. And maybe this is maybe what's the transhumanist agenda is about. I don't know. But then there's this also this point where people are corrupting that system, taking advantage of that system to benefit themselves and enrich themselves and gain power over that system. And so it's those, that, that dynamic that is actually playing out. And um, the, the question is, is how do we move forward? You know, I, I think that that is really the key component that we're playing right now on this planet is whoever is in charge. And I do believe that there is somebody, some group that is calling the shots on this planet that knows what's going on. Like you said, they, they know the full scope of everything, right? That there's got to be one human being out there who knows the fucking truth, right? And I believe that whoever's calling those shots um, is that's what's being pondered is what are we going to do? How, how are we moving this forward? You know, do, do we allow, because you know, the predictive program that we've seen with, um, with all this stuff, what they do is they're talking about moving the world to a point of chaos to where us as the humans facilitate the destruction. It's not them that brings about the destruction. It's us that brings about destruction because of the chaos that was initiated, instigated by them. And mm. so it's really kind of like you come up with this choice, right? This hero's journey. You're, you're brought up to this one point to where everything is on the line and you have to make a choice. What choice are you going to make? And I think that that is the culmination of, of where we're headed right now is that these that group, these people, whoever that are, are they evil? I think that we perceive them as evil. I think that there's some damn evil acts that are happening. I think that there are people that are beyond our comprehension to be evil. Probably beings in this universe that are beyond our comprehension to be evil. Yeah, um, but, sure. you know, have you ever shot a deer and had to take it home and, and skin it and gut it? I mean, to, to another deer, that's pretty fucking evil. It's relative. Right? Yeah. It's relative. Um, and I hate to say it like that because, well, we, you know, no, what about, know. you know, but but when we're looking go, at this, okay, then you say, look, even a worm turns its head to fight back when someone steps on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are we gonna, let's just say that's the situation that there's scales of life and intelligent, and we're in a different food chain than we can even imagine. Okay. Let's just 
speculate. That yeah. seems pretty logical. I don't know why we get this. We, we really desperately need to believe that we're at the top of the apex. Um, there could be levels. Okay. Let's just say that's true. And we're finding our place in the pecking order. And we were given the illusion that we were at the pinnacle of it for a period of time to help us get to that level. And then there's the next level of learning. Well, wait a minute. You're still just, you're a young civilization. You're actually a young planet. You're a young species. You're still maturing. You're barely going through adolescence, you know, as a whole, there's been advanced consciousnesses that have graced your planet for since the beginning to try to help elevate that process, almost like little gardeners that have come in to try to see where things are at and push us a bit forward. These guys that are ahead of their time, you know, how many of these have we seen? Right. Yep. And this is the tale of all the heroes that came before that did the hero's journey. And we're trying to set the example. These are all the saviors that we we're waiting for, but we interpreted them as saviors that were going to one day come back and save us when all they did was come here to set an example so that we could actually get to that level where we can now interact with the, with the adults. Now, you know, we can get into the bigger page. That's just, that's just one way of yeah. looking at it. And, you know, so the choice has to be ours and only when you're at the edge of extinction, will that choice be possible to make, which is why there's always been this discussion about some plan going on in the background to try to bring humanity to almost the brink, right to the edge, right to this precipice, when then suddenly something is going to happen, but that it's not that some guy's flying in on a helicopter to save the day. It's that. It's this activation that's going to happen under under duress that can only happen under duress. That's going to mm -hmm. activate the next phase of awareness and human consciousness. Like, and I say that because I've been doing a lot of jujitsu training lately, really diving into it and realizing that my best moments of growth are coming when I'm, I'm not the hammer, I'm the nail. When I'm getting smashed and I'm getting demoed by people that are better than I am at it. I sit back and I'm frustrated and I'm like, damn, that sucked. Getting my ass kicked all night. And then I go home and then I come back the next time and suddenly I'm the hammer. And I'm like, wow, I grew from being the nail. I grew under duress, right? And maybe just as that principle applies to consciousness in general, this is what's hammered us out to this point. Maybe this time that we're in, and even if there's nothing constructing this for us and there is no plan and we're just, it's all chaos or whatever, we can still look at it like this because it is going to be these times in history where suddenly a change hits and that change is the change in consciousness. It is the change that strikes all of us. Just like uh, that kind of thing happened in various countries in the past. Like look at America. America mm -hmm. reached the brink before 1776 with King George and being part of the British colonies and paying all these taxes and being enslaved to that system. And they went, we've hit the wall. We're going to, fight for our freedom and create a new country. And that was the precipice moment that started that. And then there's many other examples of this. So, but this is now talking, we're at the global stage. Now we're at the world stage where everybody's involved and the choices that we all make as individuals are going to add up in the end as to whether or not there is that progression for humanity or no, we're not ready. They're putting the big control structure in and we're going to have another, however many, another hundred years of this before we get to that next phase. It's kind of like, are you guys ready to graduate yet? No, not yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. No problem. We got a contingency for that, but we're going to leave the menu open. We're going to leave the timeline opportunities open so that if that switch is clicked in the human species, 
we're going to move ahead with this one. And there's maybe some teams managing it. I don't know. It's, it's quite the Rubik's cube, you know, but interesting to think about for sure. It is, it is. And, um, you know, I hope that within our lifetimes, we learn the truth. I, I really do. I hope that we get to the bottom of this. You know, when I was a teenager in the 1990s, they said there's two things I wanted to see by the time by 2020, because that was kind of like the time period, right? 20 years after you graduate from high school. And I said, there's two things I want to see before 2020 is number one is I want to see the legalization of marijuana because I smoked a lot of weed back then. And number two was I wanted to learn the truth about aliens. Um, I can absolutely 100% say that uh, I've seen both of those things, um, that I've learned both of those, seen both of those things happen. Number one is cannabis is basically legalized in almost every state here in the United States. And um, they're having UAP discussions in, in Congress. So yeah, um, those two things have been fulfilled. Now I look at it okay, before 2050, I want to see what. Um, and honestly, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what to expect. It was like what you're talking about earlier is we, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And, and that's a scary thing sometimes. Cause that is the, the in, in indication of fear, excuse me. Um, but I think that we can kind of utilize what we've seen happen and what is happening as a good predictive analyzer of potentially what's going to happen. 2024, my thoughts and theories, absolute fucking chaos and i don't mean to say fucking on your show but absolute fucking okay. chaos i think that th we are going to have a very very volatile year in the sense of social cultural political and economic um even potentially world war three breaking out um but doesn't necessarily mean that world war three is going to be nuclear it doesn't mean it's going to be in canada the united states or europe i don't know but i think that I there think is going right to now, be provocation be I, I i agree or the precursor think, we're in the precursor yeah. stage of it yeah um, you're going to see cyber attacks. You're going to see sun activity. You're going to see natural disasters. You're going to see globalists pushing for more control. You'll probably see another pandemic rise up there. You'll probably see, you know, economic downturns that hurt a lot of people. And you'll probably see economic progressions that benefit a lot of people. Uh, we're going to see all of that in 2024 and probably on from there. Um, before 2050, though, I think that this planet will have it all figured out. I think that we'll be on to that next stage and we'll get over this shit. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I think one of the reasons they push for communism is number one is, I, and this is just a thought, and I don't want anybody to take me seriously on this. This is just a thought. I think one of the reasons they push for centralized control is imagine that you were this, this group, 300 men, John Coleman, right? 300 people on this planet that when you were ordained with this information, you were given the truth. And said, look, you guys are the caretakers of this truth. And you cannot, you cannot release it to the people because of these implications that we just don't know. Right? And so they're the caretakers. They have this information. They have to kind of slowly evolve the world to this point. Because said, hey, look, this is the information. This is what's going on. But we need to get humanity to this point right here. We have to bring everybody to this point right here. And they come together and they say, well, what's the easiest way to do that? Can we do that with free and open societies and constitutions and republics and sovereignty and people going out and living their life and, you know, doing drugs and all this stuff? And no, we, we can't. We need more of a controlled and centralized formation to bring about that faster. 
And maybe that's why they push for it. Maybe, maybe they had, maybe in some weird, crazy, radical way, they have humanity's best interest in mind. And that produces evil effects because they're, they're behind the scenes and they're pushing communists in the Mao and they're saying, Hey Mao, check this out. Let's do this. Cause that's a lot of people. We could control them from the shadows. And then Mao is like a fucking evil dictator and murders millions of people. And they're like, Oh, we didn't expect that. <sighs> you know, like who knows how this is all evolving, but I think that there's, I think that there's good in the world and there's evil in the world. And I think that we are in the ultimate battle of dark delight. And this is really what's happening. And by, by 2050, I think that a lot of this will be figured out. Is the corruption going to be gone? Absolutely not. Is, um, you know, is the evil going to be gone? Um, I hope that it's eliminated to a large degree. I don't think that it's ever going to go away because you can't have good without evil. Um, are are oh, the patriots or yeah, are the Patriots, the good people, going to be in control of the world? I sure damn hope so, because I plan on being alive in 2050. And if I am, uh, well, we better be in control of something, because I'm not living under a tyranny. I'm not living under communism. As much as they want to push it, as much as they want to, they might think that that is the best methodology to bring about the new world. I disagree, because my freedom is more important than the uh, the altruistic-centric ideas that these people have, right? So, um you know, we live in interesting times, David. Oh, dude. And I, I appreciate, I like bringing you on because you're not afraid to speculate on this stuff. A lot of people are. And I think it's important to do because it's good thought exercises when you're approaching it because there's so many unknowns. So you got to kind of list all the possibilities of what's mm -hmm. driving all this stuff. And when you were saying like, okay, it's sort of the benevolent dictatorship argument, right? Which is an interesting thing to say, oh, this Illuminati or this secret group, this cabal that's sort of running the show and classifying everything and moving the world towards this transhumanist global dict dictatorship. Uh, they're really somehow the good guys. It's just that that's to them the only way or whatever. Um, the, another angle on that is to say what you've described is just the sales pitch given to them as the only way by something that is not us, that looks at us as cattle, that looks there's something valuable about us that we've spoken about this before. So if we bring this yeah. element in. How to run a plantation. How to run a plantation. So what do you do? You hire superior slaves. You mm -hmm. make the superior slaves members of that population. I mean, is it any joke that even during the uh, slave trades, and there's been many all over the world, it was a universal practice, um, they're the local groups that were members of those populations, like in Africa or wherever, they sold their own people to other slave owners. They sold mm -hmm. their own people. They even built the ships and helped them get across and all that. They went out and hunted them down in the tribes, like you see in uh, Apocalypto, back in the Aztecs. You know, they're killing, they're bringing their own people out of the jungle to go and sacrifice them to the gods on the steps of those pyramids, right? So you could go, well, what was told to those people that went in and took their own people out of the jungle to go bring them to the steps of sacrificing them to the gods? Well, they had a belief that was installed that it was greater good for a greater number. And if we want crops this season, we need a blood sacrifice to the gods. We'll leave who the gods are out in a second here. But either way, that was the program that the superior slaves that went out and got the slaves to bring them for sacrifice were told that justified what they were doing to their own people. Mm -hmm. Same thing in the war, the wars, the genocides we've seen in the wars, or same justifications as someone like a Mao Zedong might come up with, or, or a Stalin, or any of these guys, or even a Jim Jones, who thought he was working for the best interests of his people until he had them all drink spiked Kool-Aid. But either way, the evil of it 
is that it's suicidal. It's genocidal of your own species. Yeah. And you've got to justify that somehow. And they've used many different ways of achieving that. And you think, okay, well, what's behind that? And that's where I come in and go, well, what if, let's just imagine that the, the, Illumina, the human Illuminati, the, the, the human uh, controllers, their factions, they've, they've drank a particular kind of Kool-Aid that's given them a belief structure to justify what they're doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah, greed is part of it probably. And we can ascribe all the seven deadly sins to these people, but none of them believe that what they're doing is evil. Even this deep state cabal, they don't believe what they're doing is evil. They have their Agreed. own inner justifications every day. Jeffrey Dahmer had his justifications for what he did. You know, I, he's, I was told to do it by the voices in my head. I wasn't evil. I was the innocent victim here, right? This, so there's that. So that's where I go, well, this is an evil agenda. It is an anti-human agenda because this is being interpreted by humans that are adopting a belief system given to them, which might just have been a perfectly gift wrapped sales pitch done to enlist them in the cause that's otherwise unknown to them in the end, if that makes any sense. So yeah. you can add that layer in and that brings in all the stories you hear about in religion, about these demonic, archonic, you know, forces or whatever, or possessions or whatever. And you really start to think about it. And uh, I wonder if some of that is what they're talking about when they're saying there's some really dark shit, what that has to come out with the UFO phenomena that the humanity is not ready for is because we're going to learn we're dealing with a predatory species. And that is explaining like, cause now we get into those Pizzagate stuff you opened up with and the Epstein yeah. plant list and the, you know, Prince Andrew and all that crap, the pedophiles and all this. And you're realizing the media, how many, how many members of the media producers, directors, newscasters, have been arrested for like child pornography or human trafficking or Peter Nygaard with what, you know, this fashion mogul that was involved with some dark shit or John of God, you know, having birthing centers to have women birth children so they could sell them on the market or what they're doing in China where they're actually taking people, killing them and selling their organs. Like that's some yep. evil shit that just humans are doing to each other. Right? So you start to go, well, what's that? Well, what if there's also a genetics thing? where certain genetic lines have more of this alien DNA in it, mixed up in it. And this is leading to this phenomenon of a psychopath or these, these people that are what you could call interspecies predators that prey on their own kind. That would seem, that doesn't seem like an evolutionary step to me. That seems like something else, right? And this starts to get into the origins of evil, but I just wanted to throw that on the plate because it could give another angle to explaining the motivations, which might not be known to all the people doing this global technocracy and this global tyranny. They just believe they're creating kumbaya, but really they're working for some pretty insidious forces. Well, and maybe the truth is that it's all of those things and much stranger. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. at the end of the day is, um, I think that, you know, a hundred or 200 years from now, when someone looks back and they see the truth for whatever it is that evolves from this point, and maybe they won't, but I hope, I hope that they're able to, that they say, man, that was fucking weird. Like that was unusual, but, or maybe to them, it's not going to be, but at least for us it is. And, you know, you can kind of take that same context now and look back 150 years and kind of understand that 
maybe that was really weird and unusual for them during that time of how these things evolved. But, Mm. um, you know, with everything that you just said there, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think that there's all these players that are integrated within all of this and that everybody gets to, you know, have their peace at that high level. Um, and that, you know, I think that evil believes it is justified. Um, I think that good believes it's justified and sometimes good is doing evil, right? I mean, you know, you look at um, the, the Crusades, you look at, um, you know, world wars, you look at the Iraq wars, you look at Afghanistan, you know, United States took that stance as a Christian nation going out there doing the good of the world and helping these poor people and instead, you know, murdered millions of innocent people. You know, you got the Catholic Church out there killing millions of people. Um, So, you know, good has its justifications for evil and evil has its justifications for good, right? And I think that at the end of the day, is that we have a, a realm of moral and ethical uh, beliefs and foundations of those beliefs and how they all attribute to our social and cultural evolution. And that that's a dynamic system that is continuously changing as we evolve as a species. And that our perspective looking upon that realm is really subjective and based upon us and, and kind of how we perceive it and want to perceive it. And that's why when I say these things, a lot of people will give me shit. A lot of people will go on in there and send me messages like, you're an asshole. You don't know what you're talking about. And how dare you say that? Or, you know, like you're talking about this guy here and you're, he's evil. Now you're evil and you're a Satanist. And they put my head oh. on a meme with Anton LaVey and and michael they uh, made a uh, meme of that of you oh yeah oh yeah someone someone on our platform made a meme of me with anton lavey with my arm around anton lavey and michael avino uh, uh, uh aquino and, and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you and, and like well you're a satanist and i'm like no i'm not why because i, I have a difference of perspective of you but see that's yeah. the true evil the true evil is being so closed-minded that you can't accept another person's perspective, that anything outside of your vision of the world is evil. That, to me, is evil. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. This was a, this something that I've been talking about a lot lately because I get it, too. Everybody gets it. Where the so-called freedom movement, truth movement now, has become just polluted with the same authoritarian, holier-than-thou my truth is better than your truth. If you don't believe everything I believe, you're some kind of agent or you're an, an agent of evil or something. It's been polluted with this. What's different about that than the same thing we're supposed to be fighting against with this wokeism and this radical leftism and this radical authoritarianism and the censorship and the shadow banning? We're getting shadow banned in our own community by people who simply just disagree on something that we've said. Like you yep. brought up some flat earther stuff. So you're going to have all the flat earthers say you're in on it yourself or even though you're just like no i just disagree with you on that or 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 you say israel's evil what's that you say israel the state of israel is this is a false flag and the state of israel is at fault and they're they're killing palestinians innocent people oh you're censored you're kicked out of this event you're you're not going on our platform just wait till you say just wait till you say well no israel was the good guy in this situation and then Hamas and iran and all that like what if you say that the other side of it and then you go well hold on a minute what if it's both sides slaughtering each other both are doing evil both are justifying what they're doing and in the end i'm sitting back going who's benefiting from that conflict right now that you guys are fighting over right yeah it's it's endless but either way it's like when did this movement this movement of what you call the truth movement, right? 
in the early 2000s it, you know it's been around for just a, a few decades now it was based on the original guy the original people coming out with this information it was based on critical thinking it was based on questioning the establishment narratives it was based on think for yourself research for yourself everybody says those things it was based on freedom and liberty and all that everybody says those things but then the people saying those things end up becoming more authoritarian than the authoritarians were supposed to be overturning and i'm sitting here going like here i've tried every time when i come on my show and we've done this many times where i'm like hey we're all on the same team unite the clans you can believe we're dealing with demons or aliens or just human psychopaths or you can come from a religious let's invite everybody in we're human beings you're going to label yourself a bunch of labels that you were taught as soon as you grew up on this planet you're i'm an anarchist i'm a libertarian i'm a liberal i'm a conservative i'm a christian muslim jew i'm this i'm that and every group is saying it's another group than them that is doing this big conspiracy to the world and that's the thing is i'm sitting here going it's none of us and all of us simultaneously. And we're mm -hmm. here labeling each other, putting each other into baskets. And then if I say something one day where I may be making, maybe I'll make a libertarian argument on an issue. And then another day it'll be a little bit more conservative. And another day it'll be more anarchistic. And another day it'll be this. The people listening will say, oh, that Dave guy, he's this, he's that. Or another day I'll be, you know, coming more from a, I'm questioning the religious narrative or another day I'm more sympathetic to it or, you know, and we're, we're thinking, we're just trying to think on air. That's what we do as podcasters. I don't script this stuff. You don't script yeah. this stuff. Oh, we're yeah. not CNN. We just do it live. Right. And you say this stuff. And we're also here talking about one of the biggest mysteries of all time that we don't know every facet of it. There's so many unknowns, but we're speculating on it. And in our speculation, we're going to say things that's going to offend somebody and impress somebody else. But yet, and I'm, I'm fine with people disagreeing and screaming and all that, but it's when they want to censor you or start attacking you or emailing you. Like I got people that follow me, bro. You probably have this. They email me like five times a day, five times a day to tell me what they don't like about me. And that mm -hmm. I said this and I'm, they, they stalk me. They stalk every post. They stalk, they're watching this show right now. I'm going to get five emails tomorrow from them to critique. David, you talk about me. Said. I don't like when you talk about that. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, and then they're the ones that speak to you with the authority. I'm not speaking from a place of authority. Just so everybody knows, just pretend I'm a guy ranting in my basement that doesn't know jack shit and everything's yeah. okay. Now you can relax. I'm just sitting here trying to figure out this crazy messed up world that I live in, but people get culty and tribal about this stuff. And now I've attacked their little cul-de-sac of beliefs. Beliefs are bullshit, man. Seek knowledge, open up your mind, think for yourself, do the actual things we're supposed to be preaching this community. Stop fighting amongst yourselves over shit that doesn't matter. I don't care what name you want to give this. I don't care if you think it's this or that. We're in a situation right now that is being applied to every human being. It has implications for every human being living on this planet. And so we can sit here and tear each other apart, or maybe we could all just go, let's deal with all those disagreements down the road. Let's just deal with this because we're literally facing extinction as a species right now. And that's why I say, you know, let's try to grow up a little bit. And maybe that's why I sit back sometimes and I see this kind of thing happen because the position I'm in, I don't know if you feel this way, but I sometimes go, Maybe some of these arguments that these elite guys have aren't so far off after all, because maybe that's what they saw. 
is that humanity is just on an eternal cycle of tearing each other apart, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, right? Now, I disagree with them, and I'll fight them to the death, but damn it, we got to get our act together in this movement. They're united. These psychopaths, they'll tear each other apart one day, but they're united on this, and yet look at us. We're still arguing over ridiculous nonsense, in my opinion. And see, there's a lot of infighting among them, and we see that. Um, but within that infighting, there is one part of that unity, and that is the end state. The end state is where they all see the world being, and that is them in control. Um, and you know their ability to to have that that system of control. And you're right, is that the, the infighting amongst the mass populace is where the problem comes about, and this is why we have um, the the battle of labels within the cultural side of our civilization. This is why it's occurring within the education centers is because they know that's how to divide us. They understand that that's how to keep us sheep. That's how you keep sheep sheep, right? As you paint some red, you paint some green, you paint some black and you throw them out there and they'll start fighting with each other. Mm, um, you know, yeah. when we, when we look at kind of, whoop, when we look at the situation at hand as well, it's, it's not so much that we have to unite together is that we have to just, like you said, put aside the bullshit. I, I wanted to say this when you're talking about it, and this is a very controversial topic here. But in the book Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike, everybody has heard of that. You can think of him as evil. You can think of him as um, you know, good. You can think of him as you really just don't know. Um, he talks about Satanism as nothing more than a creation of the Catholic Church. Uh, to to go out there and basically create an enemy. He talks about Luciferianism, which had a completely different meaning and context back then than it does today. Um, it, it talks about the worship of Adonai, which would be the Abrahamic religions. But he goes out there and says that our enemy, he's talking about the occultist, is that Catholic church, the ones that did the crusades, the ones that burned our people at the cross, the ones that had persecuted us with their limited view, their narrow minds. And he wasn't, he wasn't talking about the people, the Christians. He was talking about the, the centralized structure that organizes and, and perpetuates that illusion to the people in that, that, yeah, the deep truth. That's what he sought to destroy. That's what the occultists sought to destroy. And, you know, in a sense, I agree with them, is that that system that has been on this planet for a very long time, it needs to go. I mean, just imagine for a moment what our world would be like is if we didn't have not, not a fucking utopia. Nobody wants a utopia. That's boring. OK, but if, but if we had a world that just wasn't controlled by these various different factions, that we had just sovereign nations that were competing against each other with capitalistic economies to do better for each other and, and, and populations within those countries that were progressing in opportunities and wealth because, you know, th this is the way that you innovate and produce is if we had that world, kind of what we saw between 1945 and 1999, right? If we had that world today, we, we would already be outside of the solar system. We wouldn't need external help. We wouldn't need reverse engineered spacecraft. You know, we are a, a very intelligent species and we have massive capabilities to innovate and very creative. And the thing is, is that these systems of belief, and I think that's a good word for it, systems of belief, 
they restrict that. They impede our creativity. They, they, they restrict our expansive minds, our imaginations. I mean, I, you got little kids. I got little kids. Kids aren't learning how to use their imagination. Hmm. Kids, are, kids are not being shown in school how to read a book and envision it in their mind and see it play out in their mind. Kids aren't able to go out there and see something in their mind and be able to extrapolate that on the paper, whether in writing or in the picture. Um, they're having very hard times doing this. And it's not just my kids that are having hard times. There's a lot of kids. And I'm I'm taking my kids aside and I'm helping them and teaching them and saying, okay, this is what we need to do. Because it's not that they don't have those capabilities. It's just those mental faculties aren't developed. They're impeded. They're impeded because of the system that's in place doesn't teach it. It doesn't show it. It doesn't introduce them to it. And so that's a scary sight for humanity because now that aligns more with the transhumanistic agenda that aligns more with the, the autonomous human system of, uh, you know, the soulless being. And so we need to get back to that, that point to where we take control of our children's ed education, our generational education, that we go out there and we instill within them the knowledge and the understanding of how this world works and the fundamental basis of, of where this world can head if they go out there and they become creative and they become innovative. Because right now, the way this world is going is that we are headed towards doom. We are headed towards gloom. We are headed towards a world where a small group of people control all technology. They own all land and all wealth. And we are nothing but servants to them after our population is reduced to a very large number. And I don't think that anybody listening to this, anybody out there in the world wants that. But they, a small group that are controlling the shots, do at some level. And so we need to, as a people, go out there. We need to reinvigorate innovation. A lot with like, um, I'm going to forget, uh, uh, Steve Jobs did in the 1990s, in the early 2000s when he came back in the Apple. He goes out there and he says, we need to innovate. And they said, well, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm going to take the technology that's already out there and I'm going to make it better. We need to build upon the foundation that we already have and we need to make it better. That's what you do with a government system. That's what you do with your local communities is you take the foundation that you already have and you make it better. And that betterment is to serve the people that it was built for in the first place, to make the lives of those people easier and more productive in the sense to where they can go out there and have more innovation and gain more wealth and opportunities from the system that's being put in place, not a restrictive and impeding system, which we have now. Our current government here in the United States, it's a restrictive and impeded system. It is a system that pushes you down when you rise too high. It's a system that stops you from having any bit of power or opportunity. That is evil in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And we're so divided in that way. And I mean, it's beyond just having differences in opinion and culture. That's, I think that's important. I don't want the Borg like consciousness that they want, no. which is easier to enslave and entrap. I, I love the diversity of ideas and opinions on things, but the, if, unless you're going to have nothing but tribal warfare to the end of time until we destroy it ourselves, if we can't agree on certain things. And the only thing that has the power to change those divisions is the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth being known and accepted. See, because maybe the truth can be known, 
by anybody that wants to seek it. It's one of those things that kind of evades you a little bit, right? It's not out there and it's not as snazzy as lies are. Lies seem to be number one best-selling hits, but you know, it is the unifying thing because if we're talking about this issue of we want all we want the Jeffrey Epstein client list. We want to know who these oligarchs are and what they're involved with that that are telling us, you know, how many jobs we need to take and who we need to vote for and what our opinions need to be and all this. We want to know who these people are. The truth in that regard could unite some of these factions, right? The truth about this UFO subject. My God, what other thing could <laughs> be as powerful as that to really bring people to go, oh, wow. Like if I'm talking about if the real truth, not some fake version, not some Project Blue Beam, not some bullshit narrative, another carrot on a stick. I'm talking about the real truth about it, which would give mm -hmm. implications everywhere. What would the, What's the power of that? that could bring humanity more together. And the thing is, is we know humanity can come together. When we saw the trucker convoy in Canada, I saw people from all backgrounds, different races, different political sides of the aisle, different religious backgrounds that were all coming together to make food for each other. It was a beautiful thing in Ottawa. They were all bringing food. There was so much of an abundance of food that showed up in minus 40 weather in Ottawa within a couple days that they, they fed the homeless populations. The homeless populations started putting on weight for crying out loud, okay? They, <laughs> they fed each other. You could literally walk up and people would just feed you like for free. It was insane. People just brought their resources together. They united in common cause and they worked together in that moment. That's what we all, I think as humans think, that's beautiful. I would love to see that. Why can't we have more of that instead of you know, Antifa showing up and kicking everybody around and then the cops showing up and curb stomping everybody. And then, you know, all these factions and, you know, it, well, that's I, restriction. We, that's the, that's the oppressive aspect of the system that's in place is it has right. to impede and restrict anything that goes to seeks to kind of evolve that the change that unite. system. Yeah. 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 That's the, exactly. They want to put a, a, a stick in the spoke of that momentum. Yeah. But yet, so I guess what I'm saying is the potential for people from different ideas and backgrounds to come together under a common cause and, and bring peace, right? We're in that time where it's Christmas season, holiday season, people are thinking peace on earth, goodwill towards men, right? Well, where the fuck is that? Like it's there, it's in potentia. We've had examples of it. It can happen. Buy it at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Well, even the guys in World War II, right? You had the Nazis and the Americans. That would put a ceasefire, just their captains didn't call. They put a little ceasefire. They're having snowball fights with each other. They're sharing yeah. uh, Christmas stuff over the f battle lines. And then the next day, they got to go and shoot each other up, right? Like human humanity, there's a part of us that gravitates towards war, division, and fighting. But that's based on our fear, usually, okay? But there's the other spectrum of the multidimensional nature of humanity, which is that we have this capacity for love and empathy. And, hey, man, you know... I said some things I didn't mean. And you said some things I didn't mean. Oh, give me a hug, bro. Like we have that ability to do that. We have ability. Like you see pictures of a, a kid from Gaza and a kid from Israel holding hands. I get warm and fuzzy thinking about it. Cause it's like, yeah, like that, that's what we need, you know, save the children. Um, and you, especially as a father, you know, you feel this extra. Yeah. But I think everybody out there knows they've experienced both the dark and the evil that humanity can do. And they've also experienced the good, which means both are potentials, right? So when these elites come out and they're like, look at you, you're just a bunch of warring little monkeys running around with, you know, or confused and you're stupid. And I'm like, 
Yeah, but that's your twisted, one-sided view of it. But there's the other side. We've had great geniuses. We've had wonderful creations of art. We've had wonderful expressions of love and friendship and envy, empathy and charity and all those beautiful things, right? And the, and, and, and the amazing thinkers. So I guess that's where we're at. Maybe that's what you're talking about with this change that's going on over time, that we need enough, like that dark side is the grinding force that creates that diamond. That, that dark side is what gives us the incentive to be good. Right. Mm. And we want to see the dark side eliminated and defeated because we definitely want it ruling, ru ruling the roost. And maybe that principle and that energy is woven into the fabric of reality itself. But you could also look at it like, well, but so is the other side. And the choice between which is the dominant force in the world you live in, or even just in the home you live in, we can just start there. That's the choice. And I have to, you have to make that as a father in your home to unite your family so that there's good love, empathy, energy in your home and I have to do the same, right? Mm -hmm. And what if we could do that to a community? What if that could happen to a nation? What if that could happen to a world? I mean, this is pie in the sky stuff. I'm not holding my yeah. breath, but I just know the potential does exist. What the hell is it gonna take for us to see that happen? I mean, I think it's well, the release of the truth. That's the only thing. I, I agree. I think that it's the... Um that we live in a system of, of beliefs that are based upon ideologies, right? The ideologies mm. are the walls of the belief. Yeah. And that right now what's happening is that those walls are being torn down, that people are starting to see the bullshit within the system, that people are starting to see through all of this. And, and, and it comes about because of what we're all doing it is, you know, if people listen to us day in and day out and they start, expanding their ideas and their minds to various different possibilities that, Hey, look, you know, I, 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 this is, this is my belief, but I'm willing to hear something else. And you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. It doesn't change my mind, but it makes a lot of sense to me. But then you see a reflection in your environment. You see something within your reality that begins to speak to you that newly accepted understanding. And then it evolves your belief. Your, the walls of your belief just move a little bit more. And as that begins to happen, it comes to this point of this precipice to where all of humanity begins that great shift, that that becomes not speculation or conspiracy or an alternative view, but instead the truth. And I think that that's where we're at right now is we're at that point where those walls of belief have moved so much in the majority of the population that all of this truth is not necessarily flooding out. It's been there the whole time. We're just all realizing it and we're uncovering it because it's been in the public for the whole time, but now we know where to look and now we understand, you know, it's what we didn't know. We didn't know now that we know and we've seen enough and we've evolved that perspective, we can just pick it up and put it out there for the world to see. And everybody's like, I knew it. I, I, I knew it was happening, but now that expands those walls of belief just a little bit more. And then more information comes from that. And, and this comes to a point where it, it becomes exponential. And I think that that is conscious evolution. That is the evolution of the mind. It's the evolution of our species. And I think that that's where we are at. We are at that point specifically. I think that this is, 
you know, we just talked about with ancient myth, the unveiling of the uh, of Isis, right? The unveiling of the ancient Egyptian goddess Isis, the um, the hiding in the dark of the secrets of Athena and Minerva, um, the the enlightenment of the sages, whatever it might have been. This is the metaphor that they were talking about: is that there's these cycles that happen on this planet within human consciousness that are very similar to the cycles of the planetary cycles of the seasons of the solar cycles and that we go through these things and that there comes a point where so much information accumulates that you can no longer deny it and that you have to accept it. And through that acceptance comes about the expansion of the mind, the expansion of belief, and that pushes humanity forward into that next stage of evolution. I love it, man. I always love talking to you, bro. My final point on this is going to be, I was just thinking about it. If we can see and witness as we have, and as we still are, this mass formation psychosis being expressed amongst us humans. So if we can see mass formation psychosis, like what we've talked about a lot, do we also not have the potential to see mass formation expansion of consciousness? Maybe like, can we see that same dynamic, but in a positive sense, that would be nice. And if not, if that's too hopeful, too impossible, then maybe we get back to asking, well, what can I do now? What can I mm-hmm. do to change my world? And is me working towards expanding my consciousness and evolving my consciousness going to have a continuation butterfly effect in this situation? And, and maybe even just believing that, whether it does really or not, is an important place to be because it, it, it will add up in the end right? We are seeing the effects of more people waking up and expanding their consciousness. And we are seeing the media and this deep state and this cabal screeching and reeling and desperately trying to hit all the gophers back into the hole and try to cover all their bases. So I stay positive. I stay optimistic. I think it's important to do that. Um, And I think, you know, just keep working on what you can do in your own domain And Josh, you've been doing a great job of that. You're setting up this new network. Uh, Leave us with any final thoughts on that and then uh, what you got coming in for the new year. Uh, My final thought on kind of everything that we've said is a motto that I've lived by is never believe anything anybody tells you, no matter who they are or what authority they possess or profess, unless you can prove it with your own research, your own inquiry, your own investigation, and through your own volition. And that research, investigation, and inquiry isn't just going out and validating what that person says, but instead going to the foundational root where you can find that information comes from, and then expanding that out to where it is now and proving it to yourself that that is either real or fake. That's how we need to be as human beings is that we can't simply blindly accept what somebody says in this world or what a book says or what an authority figure says or what a religion says or a spiritual tradition or a guru or anybody for Donald Trump for that matter. I don't care who it is. Don't accept it. Go out there and utilize hypercritical analysis to look at the world. Look at the world through the expansion of your own senses. Have them be dynamic and continuously learning and growing as well as internally your internal state growing and learning because that is true evolution. And true evolution comes with that primary facet of not accepting reality for what it is, not being construct or not being 
constrained by this box of illusion of what you believe the world to be, but understand that it's much, much greater than you could ever imagine. And that you have to continuously move the walls of that belief beyond the place of where it is today. Epic. That's, that, that should be, yeah. that should have been, I got to get like a translation of, not a translation, a script of that. That's a good post that what you just said. Yeah. Well done. So you hear that guys, you don't need to email me to tell me what I should be saying on my show <laughs> and researching and what my, go make your own podcast, go write yeah. your own books, go put your own opinions out there. We need as many as possible if we're going to get at the truth. So let's just try to get along. And Josh, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. And you, you and well, I brother. have some big things coming in 2024. We're going to be covering season 2024 of Earth on our show that we've got coming up. So stay tuned for that. And all the things that are going to happen, happen, we're going to be there at your side trying to cover it to the best of our ability. So stay tuned here on Truth Where. Go follow Josh, redpills.tv. Go hit him up on X. Get me uh, at, D, at Truth Warrior Dad on X. You can follow me there. DW Truth Warrior on Telegram. Um, and, uh, any other plugs you want to put for websites or anything, Josh, or they, they can right? find redpills.tv. All my stuff is linked up there right on the primary page. You can find me at from Twitter, the rumble to everywhere else. So just redpills.tv is perfect. 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 Thank you to everybody for showing up. Thank you, Josh. This was a phenomenal show. I'm going to go and enjoy a dinner with my family and we'll catch you guys next time. Cheers, everybody. Good night, guys.